Welcome to Ready, Set, Sold with your host, Brian Vogt. Are you wanting or even thinking about selling your house but don't know where to start? Good thing you've found Ready, Set, Sold. And now, real estate broker, Brian Vogt. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ready, Set, Sold. I am your host, Brian Vogt. How are you doing? The weather is just always crazy this time of year. I mean, I have to start with that because Sunday we have a... Uh, a snowstorm, and then uh, by Tuesday, we're having light jackets on, and the snow is pretty well gone, and, and life goes on, and, and, and this is springtime in the St. Louis Metro East. got to love it. Let's uh, go into also the market, and that's what we're loving, too, and sellers are absolutely loving it. I've been talking the last probably month or so, and really, it's true. If you are even thinking about selling your home, Maybe you had some bad experiences even as late as last year, November, December, didn't work out. I would highly encourage you to get back on the market because we're seeing some amazing things. The shortages that we are finding of buyers trying to find homes is really getting to be a problem in that side for the buyers, but that's a great problem if you're the seller. So more and more people are getting prices they're asking for and time factors that we haven't seen for a very long time as far as the speed of which buyers are, are acting upon. With that said, we're also going to be talking about the other uh, side of the coin, and that is leasing. I have Renee Wittenauer, who is with Cecil Property Management. Renee, you there. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for joining us. And, and what we really want to talk about today in this segment is is talking about the factors when it comes to leasing versus buying. So if you're a buyer, you know, maybe it's a great idea to buy a home, but not always, not always. And, and, and you've got some thoughts on that, some, some things that you want to talk about, Renee, as far as leasing options versus buying. Yeah, definitely. Um, a lot of people, you know, of course, uh, one of the big dreams of every American is home ownership. So a lot of people look forward to, buying their first home, upgrading, and going to their second home. Um, and then you see as people tail off and retire, they may end up renting instead of buying because they don't want the headaches and everything that come with buying. So renting can be a really, really good option for people if you're looking for something with less responsibility, responsibility, less maintenance. You don't have to worry about roof replacement, siding replacement if a big storm comes through or just your general normal wear and tear. Um, we have a lot of great condo communities around here where you can rent in there and then, um, you know, your lawn care is included, so you don't have that responsibility of having to take care of the exterior as well. Uh, that also goes, you know, true for any maintenance that goes on in the house. So if somebody ends up renting instead of buying and their, you know, water heater breaks and floods the basement, they may have their contents to worry about. But as far as the big picture with the, the owners, um, that would fall underneath the owner's insurance. So, it's it's just a little more um, ease of living, I guess, whenever you go to rent instead of buy. So there are some people that would prefer that as well. Well, and and that's a good point. And I think, and I'm sure that what you described rarely happens, but it's still out there as far as any type of flooding or having anything major happen to it. But it is it can be a factor that can people have to be aware of and and know about. The other thing that we run into, and, and maybe you run into the same thing, is sometimes people are coming in um, from out of town. And, yes, military is a good example, but there are people that actually 
moved down to, you know, from Chicago. We had just recently somebody coming in from California. And that could be a situation where they're not sure of their circumstances. Maybe, you know, maybe this is a new position they're taking, but they're not 100% sure. They're not, not trying to put a jinx on anybody, but they're not sure if, if this is going to be a permanent or maybe it's a one-year or a year-and-a-half situation and they know they're going to be moving on. That would also make sense, right? Definitely, yeah. We get a lot of people that are looking, um, especially being close to St. Louis and with the hospitals, you know, coming into the O'Fallon area and then St. Louis where, you know, for various reasons they're getting job transfers to this area and they just want to get to know the area first before they rush and, you know, come here on a weekend, find a house, buy it, leave, come back to move in kind of thing. So it's a good way, if you're renting, it's a good way to basically kind of test drive this area See exactly where you want to live. Um, see how your commute is. Make sure that you like your new job. That way you don't, you know, move across country or, you know, move from wherever, and you end up starting a new job. And if that job doesn't work out, then you're locked into um, a house that you bought. So, and we, we, we've seen that happen. It's not something that happens all the time. But, I mean, you do definitely have where people may get a different promotion or another job comes up and they have to move quickly. So um, a good question to ask whenever you're coming is, how long do you plan to stay here? You know, is this job only going to look to be a two-year job, a three-year job? Do you see it being, you know, 10, 20 years down the road? Because that'll be a good gauge, too, as far as does it make sense for you to rent or does it make sense for you to buy? In other words, is this maybe a stepping stone, depending on especially larger companies? It's not, uh, and the military would be a company, too. I mean, they're a business in themselves. But it could be a situation where we've seen it happen. I'm sure you're you, – same thing with you, just tying in with Scott Air Force Base, is that there are positions that people come into that really are, are starting out maybe temporary but could be full-time, but they don't really know. So so leasing could be a, a strong option for those two. Yep. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And so whenever you're looking and you're weighing your buying um, versus renting option, you know, it's good to keep in mind if it is going to, you know, if you want to be here two years, but you really want to buy a house is to do the research before and find out what it would rent for. You know, so I want to buy a house. I know I'm only going to be here two years, but I see this home being a great investment for me to keep long term. So do your research along to along with making sure that you get a good sale price, but do your research to see if you will be able to rent it whenever it's time for you to either move on to a different location or move up to a different property. Um, so that's where I can come in as a property manager. And, and um, I have people reach out to me all the time that says, hey, if I were to rent this house, what would the rent price be? Because they want to see what it compares to their mortgage. Sometimes they find they can rent it cheaper than they can buy it. Sometimes they find they can buy it cheaper than they can rent it. So then it's a great investment for them to live in for those two years. And then whenever they leave, they got an investment property that could have, you know, benefit their retirement portfolio down the road. I love that too. And we've had that, uh, I'm sure you have too. We've had situations in a, and, and I'll just talk about the military. It doesn't always have to be the military, but that's a big force, especially in the Metro East and the St. Louis area that uh, recently, not too long ago, we had a military person coming in and they actually had two other houses, and they used that that same strategy that they they talked with a leasing company, uh, along with talking with a realtor, and found out that you know what their numbers could work out to where they literally are using that as a retirement. I mean that is you know, they're putting their twenty years in, or it could be you know this situation twenty years in, 
and knowing by that period of time that not only will the house be paid off the way they structured the deal, but they have that income coming in, which gives them more flexibility. So I, I love that approach. I'm glad you pointed that out. It's great. I had an agent I talked to the other day, and she had asked me about an, uh, a property that was for sale, and she had a buyer that was think, thinking about buying it as an investment. And what she she asked me the rent price, so I researched it. And the high price I shot her was about $300 a month lower than what his mortgage payment would be. You know, so I was able to come in and, you know, urge him to be cautious and do some more homework on it because the investment to me didn't match up. Um, and then I've also been able to deliver great news where it's like, yeah, you need to do this because you're going to make, you know, $500 a month more than your mortgage payment. So it'd be a great investment. So it can help, you know, people get really good deals and avoid the really bad bad deals and stuff too. And I think we've talked about this before, but I think it's always about getting your information, getting, you know, what's best for you as a client, as whether you're buying or you're going to leasing, finding out what your situation is. And, and I think that's so, so important. The more information that people have, they can best make their decisions. There's no guarantees. And you know that, Renee. But, you know, right. things do change in markets. But, but again, at least having a roadmap of where you think you can, you can uh, how this can turn out. And I'm sure you've run into this, too, and, and you can talk about this, too. A lot of people love it here. I mean, they come here, they do buy a home, and the idea is, is they plan on coming back, that maybe they are going to be out for three or four years or even two or three years and come back. So that's a win-win again. Yeah, I love asking whenever I go on a new listing appointment and, you know, using the military as an example, and they're getting orders and they're leaving, I love the question of do you plan to come back? Um, some people say, no, you know, we're going to retire elsewhere. But some people, they love the area. You see the excitement in their voice. They light up, you know, their face lights up. they got a big smile on the face. And absolutely, we want to come back. And that helps me and my pricing and my marketing and, and just knowing the end result that they're wanting, too, that, okay, this is a long-term investment, and they want to come back and move in real easy. Um, it's not a quick turn kind of thing. So that helps everybody get on the same page, too, and work work the numbers how we need to make it work. and. Hopefully somebody else can pay off their house for a few years, and whenever they retire, they come back, and it's you know low mortgage or mortgage payment free on it. Awesome, I love that. I, I love that. Well, we're running out of time for this segment. We've been talking with Renee Whitnauer of Cecil Property Management. Had some great information, but we're going to be back with Renee talking about what to look for in a property manager, and that is so so critical. Not just the property manager, but also who you're going to be leasing it from from the landlord. We'll be back in a few minutes. We'll talk soon. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Sold. I'm your host, Brian Votes. Thanks so much for joining us this Saturday, and happy St. Patty's Day. Hope you're celebrating it with a lot of fun, with friends, uh, but also be safe just a different world out there. We want to make sure everybody's safe. So whatever you're doing, enjoy, but have fun at the same time. And yes, you can do that. With that said, I've been talking now, the first segment, I've been talking with Renee Wittenauer from Cecil Property Management. We talked about the fact of the matter of buying versus renting, uh, those factors. And now we're going to get a little bit deeper into of the importance of really asking questions and hopefully the property manager is asking maybe even more questions to you if you're looking to lease or if you're a landlord looking to lease your property out 
And that's really important. The questions that not only the property manager asks, but what you ask, Renee, and I think that's probably maybe the maybe the most important thing that uh, people should be looking for. Yeah, definitely. I like to talk about um, what to look for in a property manager from the homeowner standpoint of somebody that's hiring a property manager, but also from the tenant standpoint. So somebody that's looking for a property to rent to, um, because you are renting from a homeowner, but you're you're dealing with a property manager. So both have some good questions to ask from each standpoint. And what would be some good questions that, uh, that that people should expect or they should just be asking a property manager? Okay. So if I were a tenant going to a property, um, some of the things that I would look for was how quickly do, did you get a response? So if you inquired on a property, um, whether it be a website inquiry or a phone call, how quickly do you get a response to that inquiry? Use that as a good judgment to kind of see how it's going to work the rest of the way through. If it takes several days for somebody to respond to you or you don't get a response at all, um, that could be some indication about how your tenancy is going to go as far as getting the, the feedback and the communication that you need from your landlord. Um, what field do you get walking into the property? So once you do get a showing and you're going there, is everything in good condition or is maintenance still in the works or you know, does it just look bad and they're not willing to do anything? So. Definitely trust your gut and gauge your first impression whenever you walk into that property usually kind of helps spell out how your tenancy is going to be as well. Um, and then for maintenance, always ask, how quickly do you guys do maintenance? How can I pay my rent? How do you guys communicate with me? You know, are you in your office? Do you have office hours? Um, pretty much everything boils down to communication. So how quickly do they execute from the very beginning? Um, through your lease process is going to tell you how they're going to execute for the rest of the way down. So at any point, if you have a property manager that's not responding to the little um, simple showing inquiry, they may not respond to the big maintenance issues. So those are things I would recommend looking for um, as far as a tenant. Now, if you're a homeowner or an investor and you're looking for a property manager, um, you definitely want to focus on the communication style as well. Ask them how do they communicate. What is their preferred method of communication? If they say we do everything by email, you know, ask them if you know. Do you ever pick up the phone and call me? Will I ever talk to you? Just to find out how how you can expect them to communicate with you, just to see if it fits your your nature on what you want to do. Um, you know, what is their primary focus? Do they do sales and leasing? Do they do only leasing? How many properties do they manage? What types of properties do they manage? you really want to hire somebody that's an expert in property management, that that's their focus, that you know that they're going to be going to bat for you as a property manager 24-7. Um, with that said, then, to your property manager, do they do it by themselves or do they have a team behind them? You know, it's, it's really hard for one person to do everything, especially whenever um, there could be 24-7 maintenance or they're, you know, they could have hundreds of properties or 50 properties, whatever it may be. If you have one person and you don't have a team, it might take them longer to communicate with you or communicate with the tenant. So having an a expert team behind the lead property manager to me is huge because it's only going to increase that level of service that they get you, and ultimately you could get multiple people for the price of one. That's awesome. And one of the things that I think to, to point out that's really important to really come back to that team concept because 
it really is, and especially it's not only for someone leasing a property, but I, I, I would tend to think that on the person who the landlord who is, who is wanting to lease their property out, that becomes even that much more important. Instead of having one person that does half real estate, half leasing, half something else, that you actually have a team of professionals that, look, maybe sometimes you know that person is available, but somebody can pick up the slack to make sure that person's taken care of and their needs are met. And, and quite frankly, you're dealing in most cases with similar pricing, similar costs. Uh, they may be a little range, a little bit differently, but again, having that security, I just have to think, Renee, is just a, a big plus that people should be looking for. It's yeah, I mean, you're definitely getting more bang for your buck, as the old saying goes. And you know what I can price out to manage a property for? Um, you know, I have 13 people on my team plus maintenance techs that are working for that price. So. And if I'm not available, you can talk to any team member and you can still get the same information. So you're not relying on that one source of information. And I think the other thing, too, is I would imagine this comes up, too, if you're definitely if you're thinking about leasing. Uh, what is your track record? I mean, again, giving information, of course, you know, most most people leasing their property know they need to keep, you know, general maintenance up. They need to keep things going uh, uh, in good in good standing. But you know, sometimes answering that question is is well, okay. Am I gonna if I if I go with you, is it gonna be four months or five months before I get uh, my my property leased? I mean, that's something yes. I'm sure that, that that comes up with you, right? Yes, a- absolutely. If you have somebody that's focused on the market, that knows the rental market, um, that is an expert property manager, you should be able to ask them how long is it going to take to get my property rented and be able to get a set guideline. Now, of course, nothing's a guarantee, but, you know, you should be able to, that property manager should confidently be able to say, it's going to take me approximately 45 days. That would be my estimate. That way they can budget. Um, You know, I like to tell people, it's like, okay, if it's going to take me 45 days, you know, you need to plan on not having any money, any deposits for 90 days just to be safe. Because then that helps them plan their budget and everything and really spell it out, that extra step, so they don't end up getting in a tight spot with a mortgage payment or any maintenance or anything that comes up. So having that information is super critical. That's fantastic information, Renee. Thanks so much for for sharing that with us because, again, it doesn't have to be a guessing game when you're leasing. And the same thing, and one of the things we talk about with the book, Ready, Set, Sold, it doesn't have to be a guessing game when you're putting your house on the market. Uh, Thanks again, Renee Whitnauer from Cecil Property Management for sharing that information. I also kind of want to get into a the book part, and that is getting the book is free. It's simple. You go to readysetsold.org, not.com, but readysetsold.org, not.com, and pick up a free copy of the book. It'll be mailed right to your house, no strings attached. Just getting information out because the market is just, well, it's just going crazy. And you really need to maybe still have that information to make sure that you're going to get top dollar. Absolutely free. With that said, we're going to be talking in the next segment about the housing market and going a little bit more deeper in making sure you get top dollar and a fast sale. Even in hot markets, you want to make sure that you get maximize your profits. You're listening to Ready, Set, Sold. I'm your host, Brian Vogt. We'll see you in a few.
Welcome back to Ready, Set, Sold. I'm your host, Brian Vogt, and we've been talking uh, just previously the last few seconds uh, with Renee Whitenauer of Cecil Management. She has some great information, again, about leasing, about buying, what should you do, how to really find out what property manager you should use. She's a true pro at uh, in the business, and again, I you know, just on a personal level, would I always recommend her for for your leasing needs, property management needs, whatever those may be. With that said, we're going to be talking about again. Last month, I've been talking about the, the, the how hot the market is and how things are just moving, 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 moving. But I also want to remind people that one of the reasons why that is 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 a lot of these people are using some of the steps in my book, and that is about staging. And staging is still an important factor. It doesn't mean that you're going to get more money from staging your home. Unfortunately, in the East Coast, West Coast, they'll start talking about, well, you spend $2,000, you're going to get twenty. That doesn't happen here. However, simple, simple, effective ways of staging your home can be the difference of getting a faster sale, which is possible, and also they tend to be higher as far as their pricing. Not always, but many times when a, when, when a house is has a staging, when, when the buyers walk in, it can make a difference in the bottom line from where those offers come in and uh, houses that aren't staged and don't have the things that they need to make the buyer even want the house even more. And so let's kind of re- review some of those things that it's in the book, but just to kind of highlight some of the, the they're so simple so easy that people can do. Number one, lighting. Go with the idea of putting all your lights on, literally all your lights on. That could be in a china hutch if you have that. That could be in in your bathroom, the bathroom light in the shower. You want to make sure that people are not only aware of those little nice features, but it just gives a, the impression that, that this is – it's like they're having visitors over. It's like, think about it if you're the seller that you're having your guests over, a dinner party, and you want to just showcase your home. That's the same thing that you're looking at when you look at staging and lighting. And lighting also includes the fact of blinds. Be prepared to bring those blinds up or open those blinds to make sure that natural sunlight comes in. Remember, this is the first time the buyers are seeing this, and natural sunlight is a big seller. And if they can see that the natural light comes in, Again, gives them a, a nice warm feeling that they're going to have the same experience when they purchase your house also. The other parts about it, too, is heating and cooling. And this sometimes comes into a factor. It can create doubt in buyers' minds. And when I say heating and cooling, I understand that when people, both people at work, that's, that's pretty standard. Sometimes they will either reduce the heating down lower or they, if it's during the summertime, they will raise it up because there's nobody in the house, strongly encourage you to definitely make sure the heating and cooling system is a comfortable level that you're normally at when you're normally at home. Reasons for this twofold. Number one, oftentimes it will put doubt in the buyer's mind. Perception and reality is what buyers are looking at. Their perception is that the cooling system isn't keeping the, the house that cool. And so it raises doubt about is air conditioning? How old is air conditioning? Just one of those things that you don't want to have them thinking about. You want to be looking at all the great things your house has, the kitchens, the, the newer carpeting, 
the new painting, all those things that you've done, you don't want them focusing on that. The same thing with the heating. Same thing applies. Again, puts doubt on the on the furnace. Is the furnace in good working order? Well, how come it's lower? You know, is it is it because yes that they're out, or is it maybe because it doesn't work that well? Again, these are things that you don't want when you're selling your home. And again, the cost of leaving those things up is literally pennies on the dollar on a daily situation, a daily basis when you have showings coming in. The best rule of thumb is is to go ahead and just have it set the same temperature that you feel comfortable with the entire month. Because the whole idea is we don't always know when a showing coming. You don't want to have to be running home and making sure that the heating and cooling system is working. The last thing I think that they kind of really hit upon is that comes up and that is closets. I cannot emphasize enough the importance of of basically cutting your closet space in half. So those three things, you're focusing on just those three things, there's other things you can do can make the the buying experience or the selling experience for if you're selling or giving the buyers the experience, the illusion of space, of light of room, all those things are really important when it comes to selling your home in any market. And that's, and that's the factor you want to keep in mind. Those things don't change. You just get rewarded more when it's a hot market like we're in right now. We're going to be talking next with Mark Cowgill. We'll be back in a few with Mark. Talk to you soon. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Sold. I'm your host, Brian Vogt. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm really excited to have our next guest on, and that is Mark Cowgill of Community Title. And I think I said your last name right, correct? It's, it, you know, Kogel, Cowgill. I'll take just about anything I can get. How about that? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, somewhere yeah, somewhere right. in between Kogel and Cowgill is how it's supposed to be. Kogel. So that, that's my mistake. I apologize. That's. That's okay. Believe me, you're not the first nor the last. That's all right. That's not a problem. Fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, we have Mark with us today talking about title. And, and oftentimes title is kind of the last thing that people think about. But in reality, is it's, it's, the, it's the final stage. It's the critical part. This is where the buyers and sellers meet. This is where they exchange money, keys, everything. So it's a, it's a very critical part. And if that doesn't go right, well, things can happen. And, Mark, you want to talk today about some things that maybe can come up or have came up and a solution to solve them. Absolutely. One of the, uh, one of the uh, terms that we use in, in title insurance and in, in real estate is, is how people hold title to real estate. And that is important not only when somebody buys a piece of property – that that's done correctly, but more importantly, when somebody sells a piece of property, if it wasn't done correctly when they bought, it can cause a problem down the road that when they when they go to sell. And so, I, briefly, let me let me explain to you that there are three types of ways individuals can hold title to property. I won't bore you with this, but it's important that we have a little bit of separation on on those types. The, the, when, a, when a husband and wife or two people or whatever 
buy a piece of property, they have three options. The most common one today is what's called joint tenancy. We hear that term. We're not sure what it means. But joint tenancy is that in which two people own a piece of property as joint tenants with the right of survivorship. And that's the key there because what, what that means is if something happens to one of the parties, the other entity gets their interest. So let's say uh, husband and wife own a piece of property as joint tenants. One of them passes away. The surviving spouse gets that interest to the property, and it is their property to do with what they, what they want. They can sell the property the way, the way they have it. There's another way that is called tenants by the entirety. Now, that is, that is available to, to married couples, and it's only on the property in which they call their principal residence. That, is, that has the same uh, connotation as joint tenants, meaning that if something happens to one of them, the other party takes title to the property. Great, same as joint tenants, okay? But the tenancy by the entirety also adds to it a little protection for each of the people if one of the parties is involved in litigation and gets sued and loses um, their loses a case, that that judgment that's granted against them can attach to the real property they own. If your own title is tenants by the entirety. Only the party who was sued, only their half of the property can get attached to, not the other half. So it's a little bit of a protection in case uh, it used to be used for doctors and lawyers and malpractice type things. Now it's a common place for everybody because in this society we live in where you can get sued for anything, um, not a bad idea to protect yourself. Remember, tenancy by the entirety, though, is only for a married couple who are living in the residence, okay, if, it's, if that's not the case, your other option is joint tenancy. Okay. Now, the third way to hold title, and honestly the way that leads to the problems we have, is when, somebody, when, when two people hold title as tenants in common. So real quick, we've got joint tenants, tenants by the entirety, and tenancy in common. Tenancy in common is, is, is the one that is probably used least of all, but is appropriate for some situations. Let's say two people are buying a piece of property, and it's investment property. And they want to buy it, and they want to make money from it, but they're not married. They're not intending to get married. It's an investment, not a, not a home. You might choose to do tenancy, by the enti- tenancy in common because... The difference is if something happens to one of the parties, that person's interest, that person's interest does not automatically go to the other person. It goes to whoever they may uh, denote in their will, in an estate planning thing. You know, it may be it may be two guys who run a, a remodeling business who buy and sell property. Well, they're buying it, but if if I pass away, I don't want my business partner getting it. I want my family getting it. So that's why tenancy in common is is useful, and it's used many times in those situations, not so much for husband and wife. Now, that leads to the problem that we see more often than we should. We will find a person who owns property, who's owned this property for 30 years, whose 
husband passed away five years ago, and now the widow wants to sell a piece of property. And when we do the title search, we find out that when they bought the property 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 20 years ago, they took title as tenants in, tenants in common and didn't know that. They weren't aware of that. So what happens is, is we have to be the bearer of bad news and say, Mrs. Seller, you don't own this property by yourself. Your deceased husband's heirs own it as well. And that sometimes is not a problem. We don't see it often, but believe me, once a month or once every other month is more than enough to really upset a seller who's owned the property for 30 years, and now we're telling them we got to get somebody else's signature. That's the crux of my, uh, my comments today is make sure you know how you take title so that when you sell the property, you're good to go. That's the key. Awesome stuff. We're running out of time, but great, great information. I think the key factor there is getting ahead of the game, making sure you're getting that title work. If there is a question that you don't know, in advance so that the title company like yours, Community Title, can take care of that situation and not wait till the very end, which sometimes yeah. happens. Hey, Mark, you're absolutely right. It's a problem we can you. fix. We just need time. That's exactly right. That's right. There you go. I love that. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I think it was great information. We have to run. We're literally out of time. You're listening to Ready, Set, Sold with your host, Brian Boat. We're back with you. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Sold. Again, wishing everybody a very, very happy St. Patty's Day. Kind of recap what we've talked about already today, and that is the importance of, of asking questions or people should be asking you questions. And that goes back on to Renee Wittenauer, Cecil Management Property. Basically, you, they should be asking you questions. You should be asking them questions. Making sure you've got the right person to handle Quite frankly, your biggest asset, you're leasing it out. This is this is a big deal for most people, leasing. And so if you have to lease out, maybe you're coming back, but you want to make sure you're in good hands, and that's really important. I think the other part, too, if you're leasing, what to be looking for when you walk into a house. You know, is hopefully the house is in great condition, but if it's not, that could tell you something, too. And Renee pointed those, those factors out, too, which were fantastic. We also had Mark from community title talking with us and talking about the importance of really getting information out in front, meaning is, is how your house is titled. Most of the time isn't a problem, but sometimes it is, and, and especially sometimes with, with people that have lived in their houses for 20 or 30 years, that you want to just make sure you have that information in advance, ideally a day or two after you have a closing, meaning is, is after you have offered acceptance to sell your house. You want to make sure that they have that information just to double check to make sure that you're not at the last minute, you know, last week, the last two days, three days, trying to scramble around looking for people that may have ownership that, that no one had any idea of and no one even thought of, and maybe they didn't even know they had ownership of it. And Mark pointed that out in the last segment. That can be a difficult situation. So, again, it's always information. It's asking questions, information. That's the key anything, especially when it comes to selling your house, leasing a house, whatever you're doing in that situation. Critically important. 
I want to leave you with the tip of the week. And the tip of the week I want to really kind of stress upon is things don't change just because we have a hot market. Meaning is the, the steps in this book, I highly encourage you to get the book. Go to readysetsold.orgnet.com or resetsold.orgnet.com because those things don't. They just enhance your situation. We talked before about staging. That likely having a house staged is going to get you potentially a better price on, on the offer that you receive. Having your house updated is still critical. We still see houses that don't have the updating and they still struggle. Even in hot markets, that can create a problem. You don't want to have that. So again, the tip of the week is, is make sure you're still doing the same things that you would normally need to do, update, staging, whatever that is, because that's going to really enhance your opportunities even more. It's going to bring in more people in. It's going to get you most likely better offers, not always, but mostly better offers and sell your house quickly so you can move on with your life. With that said, we'll be back next week with some more great tips as far as real estate and the real estate market. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.